You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. The scripture reading today is from Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. This is what Isaiah, Asma's son, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of the mountains. It will be lifted above the hills. People will stream to it. Many nations will go and say, Come, let us go up to the Lord's mountain, to the house of Jacob's God, so that we may teach so that he may teach us his ways, and we may walk in God's path. Instruction will come from Zion, the Lord's word from Jerusalem. God will judge between the nations and settle disputes of mighty nations. Then they will beat their swords into iron plows and their spears into pruning tools. Nations will not take up sword against nation. They will no longer learn how to make war. Come, let us go to the house of Jacob. Let's walk in the light of the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Thank you, Gene, for reading our scripture this morning. Are we there yet? A familiar question to those who've taken a road trip with a young child. Are we there yet? A question that we as a church have been asking for seven years as we've worked to get the financing and the building plans approved so that we could tear down our old church building and create a new one that includes affordable housing. Are we there yet? A question I have been asking about the continuing COVID pandemic and wondering when we can ease our COVID mitigation efforts. Are we there yet? A question our scripture raises today. The words likely originate from around the 8th century BCE. And it isn't clear if it's coming to us exactly from before or after the experience of exile, but we know it is coming from a world filled with conflict and strife, coming from a people seeking shalom, seeking peace. Verse 2 says, in the days to come, well, when? When will those days come? Are we there yet? In Isaiah's vision, we get a glimpse of God's kingdom that will come one day when shalom, peace, rules over every nation. Isaiah envisions this happening after many nations go to the house of Jacob's God so that he may teach us his ways and we may walk in God's paths. Learning to walk in God's paths. That has been the theme of our entire year that we began on September 12th. We began using the book written by the Reverend Brian McLaren, the book entitled 
We make the road by walking. A year-long quest for spiritual formation, reorientation, and activation. We began at the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, and then we followed the journey of God's people out of Eden and through the generations as God made covenant with Noah, with Abraham, and with Moses. And now we are 13 weeks into this journey, and we are about to shift our theme. We are moving away from the story of creation and moving into the adventure of being alive with Jesus. And today, today is Christ the King Sunday. The very last day of our church year, we begin Advent next week, that season of preparation for the birth of Jesus. But Advent also begins a new year in the life of the church. And everything that happens over the course of that year leads up to today, Christ the King. We celebrate Christ coming into this world with his birth at Christmas, and then the appearances that he made at the wedding at Cana, the transfiguration, and then when he set his face to Jerusalem, we are plunged into the depths of Lent. Sacrifice, self-denial, betrayal, and death at the end of Holy Week. The silence of Holy Saturday. But then the miracle of resurrection at Easter. And then the prayer over 50 days for the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And then the church moves through ordinary time. And we are called to reflect on how the kingdom of God is alive in everyday life. But all of this, the entire cycle of the whole year, is pushing us toward today. Christ the King. Today is about the Lordship of Christ. In the words of the Revelation to John, he is the ruler of the kings of the earth. And yet we know that God's vision for leading this Earth is not the same as the vision that human leaders of this world hold. In the Gospel of John, Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. Jesus did indeed come to establish a kingdom. It's just not exactly what we were expecting. God's kingdom looks more like what was described in this passage from Isaiah. In the fourth verse, it says that God will judge between the nations and settle disputes of mighty nations. Then they will beat their swords into iron plows and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation. They will no longer learn how to make war. In our modern world today, I think we lose some of the power of that imagery. For folks who would have been uh, familiar with hand-to-hand combat with metal swords, taking that and beating it into a farming implement would have been a powerful image of taking something intended for death and transforming it into a tool for life. 
In 2019, Shane Claiborne and Michael Martin toured the U.S. on a 37-city tour, beating donated guns into garden tools. Martin is the founder of a nonprofit entitled Raw Tools, Inc. This project turns guns into garden tools, and it works to find a safe and productive way to dispose of firearms. He was motivated to launch his nonprofit after the Sandy Hook shooting. He and Shane Claiborne traveled the country, and I happened to be visiting one of the locations where they stopped and set up shop. I got to witness as the blacksmith stood at the anvil. Clang, clang, clang. The sound of a hammer hitting red hot metal on an anvil. One swing at a time, that gun was being transformed into a garden spade. A holy miracle before our eyes. Transforming a tool that causes death to one that brings forth life. This week, our nation has been captivated by two different trials, one in Wisconsin and one in Georgia, and they each highlight how guns have brought death and injustice to the world, the exact opposite of what the prophet Isaiah proclaims will be one day. So are we there yet? No. Our world has not yet embraced the shalom, the peace that God promises. But we cannot stand helpless in the face of injustice. Our baptismal vows are clear. We affirm that we will resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. When we see the evil in our world, it is too easy to feel overwhelmed and not feel powerful. But we are. We are powerful because we worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. When we orient our heart, our mind, and our soul around worshiping God, that leads us into a place of power, and that motivates transformation. To follow Jesus is to profess him as Lord. This is at the heart of what it is to call yourself a Christian. And to believe that he is Lord is to honor and glorify him above all earthly rulers and authorities. He came upon earth to establish the kingdom of God, an alternative to the earthly kingdoms. He spoke not of the love of power, but the power of love. He clearly gave his presence, his spirit, his authority, and all to his disciples and to us. And so today on Christ the King, we remember how we are called to be part of establishing God's kingdom here on earth. Bishop Ken Carter, who serves the Florida Annual Conference, had a word of wisdom about being part of God's kingdom work. He wrote, quote, We are tempted toward two errors in kingdom work. One is to despair, to give up. We pray every Sunday, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
And yet sometimes it seems that not much changes. And so we are tempted to be passive, to throw rocks at an evil world, to dismiss those we judge to be unworthy of salvaging. A second temptation is to use the world's methods to accomplish a good result, to believe that the end justifies the means. Jesus rejected both of these, to give up or to compromise. If we are to do the work of Jesus, we do it in the way of Jesus. And so leadership in the way of Jesus is always servant leadership, end quote. Jesus laid down his very life. He was a gift from God, and he was God. And in Philippians 2, it tells us that he emptied himself and he took the form of a servant. Therefore, we are to follow his example. The self-emptying life of Jesus is a life that is given for others. But how do we do that at a practical level? Every one of us is, in some way, in a position of leadership. It might be a leader in your workplace, in your family, but it is definitely here at church. Now, following worship today, we're going to have our annual meeting, our charge conference. As part of that meeting, we will elect our leadership board, the nine folks who help to work together to lead our congregation. Every one of them is a servant leader. But just because your name may not be on the election sheet doesn't mean that you aren't also a leader of our church. Each of you has a role to play in helping to lead our congregation. Each of you influences who we are as a faith community. When you live into your membership vows to support this congregation with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. We would not have survived that seven-year journey of beginning our official building committee to today where we are almost ready to begin construction. We would not have survived that journey without the prayers of every single person who committed to pray for our project. Throughout COVID, we continued worshiping God in different ways than we ever had before. And you brought your presence through Zoom and Facebook and telephone. We paid 100% of our annual apportionments this year already. We have paid in full because of faithful financial givers. That is something to celebrate. So let's take a moment and celebrate that. We have continued to serve others through our manna ministry by helping to gather food and distribute food to those who are hungry. And through the witness of your very life, the testimonies you offer to others in church and to those you offer to your family and your friends and the people that you work with, the testimony you offer about how you are alive with God, how your faith has sustained you through these challenging times, you help lead others to walking in God's path. 
You can be a leader when you invite others to join you in walking by the Lord's light. So even if your name isn't on that list of people we'll be electing in just a little while, you are still a leader in our congregation. For without your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness, we would not be the people called Central United Methodist Church. So today, we gather to worship. We worship Christ the King. We have the power that comes from knowing that one day, there will be shalom. There will be a peace that prevails. And until that time comes, let us walk together. And let us walk by the Lord's light. Thanks be to God. Amen.